Hey everyone, you are now listening to the Land Great Holy Land Recruiting Podcast State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jake Collar, and Ken James. Hey everybody, we are back for another edition of your favorite Ohio State recruiting podcast. We are the recruiting podcast for the number one team in the nation. Absolutely, that sounds good to say. How does that feel, Ken? Sounds good to say, yeah. Yeah, it feels feels really good. So we are recording this on November 9th, 2019. And yeah, it's just been a really exciting time to be an OSU fan, both negative and and positive. There's a lot of ups and downs this week. Right, we just got that Chase Young news that, you know, probably not going to play for Maryland. Maybe not be here for Rutgers, but hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, he'll be here when we need him. Yeah. All right, we're going to get started then with our Friday Night Fighters like we always do. So once again, a bit of an unfortunate news to start this thing off, and that's yeah. Jack Sawyer from Pickerington North. He's the five-star guy. We've had him early. He's been yeah. like kind of the gem of that recruiting class so Absolutely. far. He unfortunately suffered a knee injury in Pickerington North's, well, it's going to be their final game. Um, it was a playoff loss to Olentangy Orange. Had a left knee injury early in the game. He was unable to come back in the game. He had ice, brace, crutches, the whole nine yards. But... Bucknuts does report that North is pretty optimistic he's not going to need surgery. Mm-hmm. And Sawyer himself seemed pretty confident he's going to be available for the basketball season. <laughs> yeah, I know he's a pretty stout uh, basketball player, too. You know, when you get him on that block and that paint, he's unstoppable, that right. big frame. Yeah, and he's, I mean, the basketball season starts pretty soon, right, A couple Ken? weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, we'll be covering one of his games against Pickerton Central the first week of December. So it'll be interesting to see if he's available for that game. You know, that's a big rivalry game, but you don't want to jeopardize your future for, you know, a minimal, you know, first game, first couple games of the basketball season in your junior year. Right. And, I mean, if we're being honest, he's going to make his money as a football player, not a basketball player, right? But, I mean, worst comes to worst, it's, it doesn't seem anything really serious, right? Mm-hmm. It's like hopefully right. shouldn't affect him in the long term. And right. he's, it's still – it's not like he needs to be ready next season, right? Right. He's, he's still going to be a Pickerington North guy next, next season. season. So we got some time with him, but just, you know, want to let you guys I mean, know he did just, suffer a bit of an injury there. Yeah, he just needs to take all the time he needs to recuperate and get back to 100%. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So another person I want to highlight. So once again, we only do the Friday Night Fighters when there's somebody who did something really spectacular. Yeah. And over the weekend, last weekend, you know, right after we recorded our show probably, mm-hmm. or a little bit after that, Cam Martinez, he's a three-star athlete for OSU. We don't really know where he's going to play, but nah, if we need a electric. running back, he he's might electric. be able to fill the role. Yeah. <laughs> he had seven rushing touchdowns in one half yeah. last Saturday. I think he had like something like 293 yards on yeah. 17 carries. So yeah. just an unbelievable day for him. And he's the quarterback. It's just, you know, we recruited him as an athlete. I think he should absolutely be at least a four-star, and I think he'll get that bump when the final rankings come out. This is, I mean, if you ever watched his highlights, you can tell he's jittered, like he's explo- like super explosive. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he'll be on the defensive side for us, absolutely. I think he'll be more like the safety, you know, slot corner type thing once he gets on campus and honed in on a specific position. But for a high school team, you know, you want your best player, your best athlete to touch the ball every time, man. That's what he's doing, and it looks like he's housing it every time yeah. he takes, he touches it. So. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, one one half, seven touchdowns. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah, but yeah. Hopefully, you know, we can get a bump up to a four star. It doesn't really mean too much. He's already going to come to OSU. Right. It's not like we're going to take the offer away, but it just right. looks nice on that recruiting ranking. And just to get him out of Michigan, away from Michigan and Michigan State, 
you know. <laughs> right. Um, so a couple awards went out over the over the weekend as well. And Cincinnati St. Xavier tight end Joe Royer, he got co-receiver of the year. And his teammate, Jacob James, got offensive lineman of the year. Both yeah. of these guys are going to go to OSU. And both of them play in the greater Catholic League like we've talked about so many times. Yeah. So both of them getting big awards, yeah. which is always good to see. And Jake Siebert, who's going to be in a, a kicker commit from yeah. LaSalle, also got co-kicker of the year as well. Yeah. I think that's big time for Royer. And uh, James, but specifically Royer, because, you know, he's a tight end. He's not a, a natural, authentic wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So to get receiver of the year, he has to stand out for a tight end to become receiver of the year in that type of conference. Yeah. Absolutely. I, th- I think I saw this line was like 940 yards, 10 touchdowns, yeah, which is see. impressive in, yeah. with the competition he's playing against. So that's going to be it for the Friday Night Fighters. So now we're going to move on to our commit spotlight for this week, and that's going to be 2020 cornerback Clark Phillips III. So it's just going to go through his basic stats. Four-star cornerback, 9770 composite score. Ranked 45th nationally. He's the fifth cornerback and the number six guy in California. I think I saw some rumblings that he was he might move up to a five-star. Probably not now, but yeah. I mean, that's just kind of the showing you how much talent that he has. Right. right. He's 5'10", 180. So not, not the biggest guy yeah. out there, but... I think which makes that possibly being a five-star even, you know, better because most of your... Five stars in high school were these elite specimens mm-hmm. for cornerbacks. It's the long, the length. I think the top corner in the country right now is Elias Ricks, and he's like 6'2", 6'3". So for uh, Clark Phillips to be in that conversation of being elevated to a five star, I think it's, it gives you a inlet, like a, a perspective of, you know, his work ethic and the grind that he's put in to honing his craft and becoming this great prospect. Right, because a lot of these star ratings, it's not just about your production. It's about what they project you to do. So having that crazy prototypical size obviously is a huge boon to your star rating. He's doing it without it. Right. So awesome for him. He's from La Habra, California. 247 for his measurables has him at a 452-40-406 shuttle, which would have been the second fastest time at the 2019 NFL Combine amongst CBs. So, I mean, he already has essentially NFL agility because that's what the shuttle measures. And for, you know, I play secondary in high school, that straight line speed, you really, it's cool if you're a 4'3", four, 4'4 four, four guy, but it really doesn't matter. The shuttle, you know, and these things justify your hip movement and your twitch and all this stuff is mainly what they're looking for in cornerbacks. And to say he would be the second uh, at the NFL Combine, I think that shows you the type of ability he has, how great he could become. Right. And, I mean, these are all, even though it's 247 report, these are all officially, official Combine times right. at, at the opening is yeah, what it's called. Yeah. So, they should be correct. Um, right. He's got a 35.7 vert, so not not a crazy vert, but it's like midline ish. Oh, yeah. um, same with the sp- like the straight line speed, the 4.52. Yeah. His huddle page, which I think is self-reported, if someone wants to tell me differently, <laughs> um, they can go ahead. But these are his strength numbers: 320 bench, 20 reps at 185, and that's what the NFL Combine uses. Yeah. And his 20 reps would have been first at the 2019 combine <laughs> for cornerback. So maybe he doesn't have like the the traditional athleticism that we think about with yeah. straight line speed and vertical, but he's clearly strong. Yeah, he's short and compact, like yeah. 5'10", but he's like well put together. He's like, strong as, yeah. as, as heck, yeah. and he's crazy agile. So yeah, he's got <laughs> a ton of athleticism, just maybe yeah. not in the normal way. But the long frame yeah. that you would, He's yeah. got 430 squat, 475 deadlift, and then 250 clean lift. So... Like you said, he's he's built. Yeah. I think with all these measurables, I've heard a couple of people say before, If I mean, he can't help it, but if he was 6'2", there'll be, like, no doubt he's a five-star. Mm-hmm. Like, six foot, like, above six foot, he's a five-star, probably the top corner in the nation. 
All right, so his high school career, he represents the he represents the La Hybra Highlanders as both a cornerback and he's kind of a do-it-all type player. Like you said, these athletes are yeah. very rare if you think about how many high schools there are out there. Right. You got an athlete like this. You got to use him. <laughs> you got to use him in every possible way. He's got statistics returning the ball, running it, and he, he's pretty much playing almost full-time as a wide receiver as far as we mm-hmm. can tell, something yeah. like that. Um, La Habra Highlanders, they're 9-2 in the, in the year, 5-0 and in the conference. They're the 23rd ranked school in California and 217th in the nation. They are currently in the California Interscholastic Federation Southern Section Division <laughs> Three quarterfinals. <laughs> Bit of a mouthful there. Yeah. They're going to face off against Edison for a shot at the semis. And a little fun fact about him, he actually went to St. John Bosco his freshman year with Court Williams. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, you know, St. John Bosco, that's one of those top five ranked uh, high school programs in the nation, not just the state, the nation. So they have a lot of talent coming in. As you said, Court Williams, he's already committed. Um, Wyatt Davis, who's uh, the starting offensive guard, came from that program. And we had a, they had a couple other big-time uh, recruits come through there as well. The number one quarterback, uh, DJ, I can't think of his last name, but he's committed to Clemson, the number one player in the nation. Well, he was former number one player in the nation. So they have a lot of talent. And I actually didn't know you know, he attended that school as a freshman. So maybe he transfers, you know, to get more playing time, to get on the field faster because Bosco Prep had an abundance of talent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I don't know if uh, Clark came out the gate as a freshman and was labeled this, you know, top-time prospect. So maybe, you know, he just needed a, deep, a different scene to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, I mean, it worked out for him yeah. by all accounts. So. Yeah. All right, in 2018, his the La Habra Highlanders, they lost in the first round of the D2 playoffs. He was much more involved in a receiver there in 2018 as compared to 2019. And we'll go through his stats, but he had a 54 catches, 1,210 yards, and 19 touchdowns, which yeah. is a lot of touchdowns, yeah. man. Um, and defensively, he had... 18 total tackles, two interceptions, and 10 passes defensed yeah. in his 2018 season. So, great season. I think he got all-county you know, defensive back, which right. is not a surprise when you put up that kind of stat line. In 2019, it really looks like he's taken a step back from the offense this year. Whether it's not him playing as much or maybe they're just not looking his way. But he's only got a 28-404-9 receiving line. But then his defensive stats then take an increase, right? right? So 28 tackles, four interceptions, seven passes defense in nine games. They've played 11 so far, so we're missing some statistics here. But okay. clearly the offensive numbers took a step back. The defensive numbers take a step forward. Is this kind of a sign that he's pretty much prepping to play the position that he's supposed to play? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see that. And then maybe they just have more offensive talent. That they than they had the previous year, so he's able to you know stick to the defensive side most of the time. Because yeah, we talked about two weeks ago with Reed Carrico, where yeah. what kind of obligation does the high school coach have to you know really prepare you for the position Next you're good at? Because right. Reed Carrico is doing the best for them when he's a running back. Right. You know they don't necessarily need him at linebacker, so he's playing a lot of reps at running back. Jack Sawyer, another really good example. He's playing he, quarterback. He's playing quarterback. <laughs> he can't really get on the field too much as the as a defensive end, which is where right. he's going to be recruited because they they need to win with him as quarterback. Right. Yeah. Could be the same thing here, but I guess in his senior season, hopefully we could see get to see them play a little bit more of the position they're intended to play. Yeah, yeah. All right, so he also got named to the All-American Bowl and the Pro Football Hall of Fame World Bowl in 2019. So, I mean... He's clearly one of the best in the nation. Yeah. Everything will tell you that. Timeline-wise, he committed to OSU on June 21st after his official visit. He also took visits with Cal and USC, and he had offers from every major program right. out there, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Michigan, blah, blah, blah. It, but it really seemed like it was just OSU and, and the California schools. Yeah, this guy. yeah. And I think the hire of uh, Jeff Halfley 
from out west was big time in getting him because, you know, most of the schools were West Coast schools outside of Ohio State that were in his favorites. And I think uh, the hiring of Jeff Halfley, who comes from San Francisco, the Bay Area, and just his his coaching ability. And, I mean, he's shown that with Okuda and the uh, cornerbacks on the roster now. And then you have Richard Sherman, the all-pro corner, vouching for him in the NFL. So it's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then here's a quote from his coach, Frank Mazzotta. You go to practice, and how do you know he loves football? He doesn't want to come off. Everything is a competition. We record every practice. I'm coordinating the offense and looking through it, and on scout defense, Clark is out there. (laughs) That's him. He never wants to not be playing. He takes it to another level. He takes the effort to the extreme, and I think – and really the the part I want to hone in on there is that Clark is playing on the scout Scout defense, right? (laughs) <laughs> he so he's basically never never resting at right. all. He's playing yeah. with the first team defense, and then he goes plays for the scout defense. Yeah, it's just that type of work ethic, right? Yeah. Crazy work ethic. Yeah, and it's probably you know he probably has that underdog mentality. You know, probably always being on that small stature. You know, everybody bigger than him. You know, he probably got the uh, Bosco his freshman year, and all these big time players are around him, and he kind of probably kind of got lost in the shuffle. So all of this can you know create a focused mindset of a hungry individual and it looks like Clark has all of that right his latest game he had a pick six to help his team win 42-3 versus the Capistrano Valley Cougars so once again we see the stat line coming out as as a defender which is great because that's what he's going to be for OSU next year scattering report from 247 he has a strong build and plays with a bulldog mentality and that's what we've been <laughs> talking about i mean you can see it when he plays you can see it with everything how yeah. he prepares himself mm-hmm. he doesn't have great length but he makes up for it with a physical style of play and advanced technique more quick than fast but has improved his long speed over the last year and is better able to turn and run with the fastest receivers his improved burst and explosiveness shows up on the offensive side of the ball at receiver where he showed his ability to outrun defense and be dynamic after the catch he has excellent ball skills and really improved in his ability to make a play on the ball without interfering. An extremely competitive player who loves the challenge of taking on another team's best receiver. Is physical in the run game and does a nice job getting off blocks and making a tackle. Scrappy type of play looks conducive to playing as a nickel or slot corner in college, but is versatile enough to line up anywhere in the secondary. Yeah. And you said you had a comparison for him, kind of? Yeah, kind of like a Denzel Ward. Ward was kind of on a smaller stature compared to the other cornerbacks that went first round from Ohio State. But he was physical, very physical in the run game, but could still cover. Well, Ward was explosive. He ran a 4-3-40, so he's probably a little bit more straight line, faster than uh, Clark. But uh, that's the kind of comparison I would give him to, kind of on that shorter stature side. But great in the run game and has the potential to be great in the passing game. And, uh, yeah, for him to be able to have worked on his – hip flexibility because you're asked a lot you know you have to be able to turn with receivers so uh cornerbacks coach uh, db's coach they look for uh hip fluidity and for him to continue to work on that uh hip fluidity and make up speed you know you need to make up a couple yards here and there so that goes back to the shuttle drill and drills like that where he had explosive numbers so that shows you he has the intangibles to be a great corner and given the production that denzel war had and being the top five draft pick i like, that's a great comparison in my mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, just personal report, looking through his highlight reel and everything like that, he looks fast and he's very quick, right? Yeah. That's what everyone's saying. Just 
He's got moves in the open field for sure. What I, I was impressed with his hands as well. I mean, it's a highlight tape, so they're not going to show his drops. Right, right. Obviously, <laughs> but he's making catches out there like a wide receiver would, and mm-hmm. that's a weapon on on, on you know on the defensive back. I think there's that old saying where you know defensive backs are just wide receivers who can catch. catch. <laughs> but I, he can catch. You right. know, it's not like he's making just routine grabs. He's making some. You know, he made, had a couple toe tappers in his in his highlight reel, a couple low snags. So. Really, given all this, I feel like he could be a really dangerous weapon in yeah. the interception return game, right? Mm-hmm. Where you get a pick and you got to run in the open field, and he looks very adept at doing that. Yeah. Defensively, I felt he closes very quick on defense, right? And he hits the receiver really hard. <laughs> Sometimes you can't guard everything. You, you catch these short little comeback routes, but he's flying in. As soon as he sees the, the receiver get in, he's yeah. knocking him out. And I know, side note, when he was down there at the opening, you know, against the best players in the nation, a lot of feedback was coming back that he was the best cornerback and attendance down there. And that's with, you know, Elias Ricks and the other big time corners that are ranked ahead of him. So yeah, And I think, against the top receivers. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I think uh the future is really bright for Clark. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to this week's new Warriors, just talking about the offers and commits. No commits this week, but a but got a couple offers here. Buckeyes offer twenty twenty cornerback Jaden Delora. He just committed to Washington State like the day before the offer went out. <laughs> Three-star guy, 24th pro-star quarterback from Hawaii. He's from the same high school as Marcus Mariota and Tuatunga Vailoa. So, I mean, pedigree right. there Big from, from the high school, at least. Yeah. But the the thing that really jumps out to me is kind of a strange offer this late in the 2020 game. Signing day is right around the corner. Yeah. We already have uh, Jack Miller as a QB in the, in the 2020 class. And he's like a three-star guy, not necessarily like an OSU quarterback right. type guy, right? What is this kind of message tell you can um probably that they're not as confident in cj stroud as they once were i think you know ryan day he's you know been labeled a qb whisperer so to speak Mm -hmm. so i think any offer he puts out to any quarterback it might be met with questions and concerns but then when you sit back and delve into who he is and what he can do it's like maybe this guy you know has something that caught ryan day's eyes maybe he's just you know one of those late bloomers and uh Ohio State is just doing this due diligence to uh, see if there's an opportunity. Now, I think this offer doesn't wouldn't put him, you know, in the boat to possibly commit by the early signing day. But to start that relationship now for maybe eventually when uh, the second signing day comes around in February to uh, sign him on the dotted line if everything doesn't go through with uh, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, so, I mean, C.J. Stroud, his recruiting is really heating up. I mean, he got an uh, offer from Michigan. I think he's taken a couple of unofficial visits here and there. Yeah. So, like you said, the really thing that jumps out to me is, yeah, I feel like they're maybe not very confident in landing C.J. Stroud anymore. Yeah. But to your point, I mean, OSU has made a history of getting a lot out of maybe not the highest star guys, yeah. right? And if, like you said, if Ryan Day likes a guy – He's got to see something in it. Right. All right. Uh, another guy that we offered this this week was 2022 offensive tackle Tegra Tishabola. He's a sophomore, so no ranking or anything like that. But there is one crystal ball in already. <laughs> you know, this kid's only a sophomore, but yeah. it's for OSU. It's the only school to offer him so far. He's an Ohio kid, Lakota West product, basically. And so, you know, OSU, they dominate yeah. in, in Ohio. If you get an Ohio State offer in Ohio, right. you're probably taking it. Yeah. And I think uh... – Ohio State is just trying to be ahead of the curve because his uh, measurables, he's like 6'6", 290. He's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So, like, just projecting what he will be a junior, his junior and senior season is I've seen him possibly, you know, being mentioned as a top 50 prospect nationally when it's all said and done. So, to get in on him early and get that ball rolling with the end state recruit just to get that leeway is always 
I think the best thing to do. Yep. Okay, so that's it for this week's New Warriors. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to get to the Room and Mill and front page. And we are back with the State Secrets Podcast. So we're going to just jump right into our Room and Mill and front page, just the new news and everything that's going on. A lot of uh, a lot of OSU getting put on lists, you know, maybe not yeah. the most interesting thing, but hey, we're in play for some of these really, right. really top guys. First one is Corey Foreman. He's the number one overall player in the 2021 <laughs> class. So a huge guy. He puts OSU in his top 10. It doesn't look like it's it's going to be a very probable thing. There are three crystal balls in for him already, and all are pointing to his hometown, USC. But... We're not out of the race for the number one overall guy. Yeah, I know you were just talking about earlier Ohio State never uh, signing the number one overall player in the nation. Corey Foreman, I know he was one of the sophomores that went th- that got invited to the opening because it's probably like five or six sophomores every year that they invite to the opening that are like ahead of everyone else in their class. And Corey Foreman went down there and dominated. Uh, they say he could have been the best player on the line in attendance, like junior, like juniors and seniors as well. I think he has big-time upside. And I know the crystal ball picks are, you know, for the hometown uh, USC Trojans. I just – Clay Hilton, I don't know if he'll be there. Uh, I think you can see the team plays hard for him, so that might save him some, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. But I just don't think they're going anywhere. Then if you look at it from Ohio State side, Bosa Bosa Young. Need I say more? You know, like – Three top five draft picks in a row. You know, hopefully he just takes a visit, buys into the culture, gets to sit down with Larry Johnson. And I think that's the key, Larry Johnson building that relationship with him. Because, you know, Larry Johnson is sort of like a father figure to most of these players. To build that bond and chemistry and get that started, I I think will go a long way towards Ohio State possibly getting him in, in the fold. Right. I mean, the talent and the coaching is not all that goes in recruiting. A lot of it is, yeah, I mean, your family wants to see you play. They do. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, we saw that with B. John Robinson. He was yeah. going to go to OSU. His family yeah. block, basically blocked it. But, man, if you really just look at the, the, the type of program that you're going to be going into in USC and the yeah. type of program you're going to be OSU, even though he's, like, going to be number one overall, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the number, like, the top ten guys in every class, not that many of them make it to the NFL, surprisingly. Right. Yeah. Right? It's if you want a guaranteed way to get in the NFL, not necessarily guaranteed, right, but it's like right. the best possible percentage, chance. percentage, yeah. You go to Larry Johnson and you get molded into yeah. one of these guys. I mean, Nick Bosa was a high, high, very highly rated recruit as well, yeah. but what turned him into the guy he is today is, is Larry Johnson, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say get your get your hopes up a right. ton for this guy, but OSU's right. in the mix, right. and I feel like any defensive end, we, yeah. got a, we got a chance. I do think, though, if USC ever gets the right guy in there, that switch could be flipped like that mm-hmm. to where they're back a prominent program. It's just they haven't had that guy since Pete Carroll. So what makes you think they'll have that guy after uh, Clay Hilton? That's what they say. I mean, if Urban goes down there, he gonna, he's going to have a run on at California, right? Yeah, he will. And that's... He will. I just don't think he'll be there over a long period of time. I think I don't think he'll be there as long as he was at Ohio State or Florida. And then if I'm a <clears throat> an opposing coach, I'm using that every trip. You know, he's not going to be there for your whole career. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm using. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like like Ken said earlier, OSU's never had a number one guy. They've had a couple number twos. You know, they've had quite a few top tens overall. But they had two number two guys ten, in Ted Ginn and Terrell Pryor. Yeah. But hopefully, once again. Hopefully Fleming can stay in that number yeah, one Yeah, we'll spot. see if Fleming stays and gets to the number one spot. He's only the number one in ESPN, I think. But in the overall, overall composite, he's I don't think he's still. still like two or three. Yeah, he's still two or three. So, most likely, it's hard for a wide receiver to get into the number one spot. Yeah. So, probably not going to see that. But it would be, I mean, he would be the first one in <laughs> OSU history that's, if we could get that's him. That's crazy. 
All right, a couple more lists out here. 2021 running back Evan Pryor also puts OSU in his top 10. Outlook's a little better here. OSU's listed as warm with a couple other of these schools. There's two crystal balls right now, one for Georgia, the other undecided. So yeah. basically no one knows where he's going to go. And then we also had 2021 running back Love C. Carroll from the famed IMG Academy yeah. down in Florida. He put uh, OSU in his top eight. I think uh, Carroll's the one to keep the eye on because he was the South Carolina commit. Uh, he decommitted, showing Ohio State a lot of love on Twitter. And I, I don't know if he's made a visit yet. He possibly has. I'm not too sure. It's just very pro OSU right now out of the, the eight schools. Hmm. Then you have a... Uh, Cavazos legend down there in his ear. There's another 2021 prospect on the line. I can't think of his name, but he's heavily favored to come to Ohio State too. So you can see a pop line. I'm not say a pop line. A pipeline <laughs> starting to uh, form from IMG to Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, and these things. Like like high schoolers, they can be swayed by yeah anything. And if yeah. your teammates are coming, like dude, OSU was awesome. Like look, the guys that we got there and, and things like that, that and, helps a lot. And he might his circle might have more you know understanding people that look at the situation and like Ohio State is a gold mine for a running back. I mean look what Dobbins is doing right now and the starting position after because I think Teague will be the starter next year. So the twenty twenty one, I think. Teague, if he has a monster season next year, he could possibly go pro early. And then you have Crowley, Chambers, a bunch of good players that could be, but you don't know. And if you're a top running back in that 2021 class, you got to be like, that's my opportunity. So Absolutely. So let's let's talk about this running back class because we've talked about it over and over and over again. Right, right. But there is an idea that maybe we don't need a guy in 2020 because look at this. We got so much interest in the 2021 class, yeah. not just from these two, but also Will Shipley. I mean, OSU is supposed to be pretty high in the running for him as mm -hmm. well. So we have, like you said, we got J.K. Dobbins. He's going to leave this year. Almost no question about that. But then mm -hmm. Master T can fill in for a year mm -hmm. in that 2020 year. We don't necessarily need a guy coming in this year if we can get all this 2021 talent. Yeah. I think uh, you, you don't need one. But you want to feel like you want to feel every spot at least one time in every recruiting class, just for purpose of depth only. They don't need one, but they want one. I mean, and you know, I know we'll talk about the guy coming up uh, who's back in the fold now, possibly back in the fold. But I just think this would the 2020 uh, running back would just be kind of like a plug in, a fill in to bridge that gap between Dobbins, Teague, and whoever it is in 2021. Right. So as as Ken teased a little bit, the big news coming out this week, because that running back room is so kind of empty right now, is four-star 2020 running back Jalen Knighton. He officially decommits from, o from FSU after they fired their head coach. He's apparently still been in contact with OSU this whole time, but there are a lot of rumors and yeah. rumblings out here that he kind of burned some bridges here, Ken. Yeah. I don't think... The Ohio State staff was quite fond of how everything went down between uh, them and Knightson and Florida State and that whole situation. And when he first decommitted, you know, there was talk of no contact being made at all. But, of course, like we just said, they want one for the 2020 class. And on their board, I think they would still have Knighton rated above Mayan Williams and maybe Jamar Gibbs, maybe. Um, well, maybe not Gibbs, but I think they probably feel like they had a better chance at Knighton than Gibbs. So maybe that came into the thought process. I guess if you're looking at it from that point of view, you will reach back out to see if there's any last hope, last ditch effort to get him on board. Uh, because like I said, I think they have him rated higher than Myron Williams. And that's probably 
at this moment, the only other guy that most people see as the running back in this class. So if you could plug that guy with a guy with a little better potential between who's on the roster now and that 2021 running back, go ahead. But I know, uh, I don't know the stats offhand, but on top of, you know, him decommitting and everything that went on with his committing to Florida State, Knighton has not been having a stellar senior season, like at all, at all, at all. I don't even think he's cracked a thousand yards, probably not even 500. So it's been really horrendous from what I've read. <laughs> right. And I mean, it's one thing to not dominate in college or something like that, but like like we said so often, these guys, especially these four-star guys, they are like by far and away the best athlete right. on the field every time they take it. So mm-hmm. if you're not producing in high school... It is in Flor- like Florida high school level competition is way higher than most states, but still, still you need to... I don't know. Maybe I just need to you know watch a couple highlight tapes or watch a couple game film and see what's going on because... You know, the running back can only do so much if you don't have an offensive line or outside. So it's always levels to it. Right. But going back to the situation that we were kind of talking about, yeah, it seems like he committed to OSU and then, but still went on all these recruiting like type events that F, that Florida State was putting out yeah. there, right? And yeah. either A, he was not telling OSU he was doing it, or B, some people have said he was straight up lying to OSU about going to these events or not. Right. Like he said, no, I'm not going to them. But then Ended you up. start pictures coming out. He's out there, right? Yeah. And so a couple burn bridges here combined with the fact that his season's not been great. Yeah, it's almost like does OSU even really want this guy? Yeah. You know, that comes into play. But yeah. we're going to talk about another running back in our who's coming to town section. We have another home game. This is not one of the big recruiting home games. The last one's going to be November 23rd versus Ooh. Penn State. Yeah. And, I mean – the names, the list of names building is already pretty crazy, but there is one very, very important guy that's going to be coming to town this week versus Merritt, and that's 2020 running back Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I mean, this guy, we've already talked about him multiple times before. We talked about him last week coming up for this, but it's just really important because, once again, no guy in 2020. This guy has been shooting up the recruiting yeah. ranks, and he's a Georgia Tech commit right now. But there's been a lot of talk that he's very Alabama favored. Yeah. That's who he wants to go to. But, I mean, once we get him in here, and, the recruiting visits can do wonders. And this visit could be very intimate, as we see. It's just him and Mookie Cooper, like a commit that's already on board, but it's a receiver. So, as far as, like, there's no other really running backs, you know, on campus. So, they could like, give him all of their undivided attention. And I think that could be big time for him because I've read a couple stories, you know, about his background, how he's been raised and came up. And it's kind of, you know, humbling. So just to show him that the brotherhood from Ohio State's point of view, so to speak, could be big time and possibly getting Gibbs into the fold. Right. And that would be that would be a huge get because the names out there are not really great. I mean, B. John yeah. Robinson, everyone's talking about him, but he's still technically committed to Texas. Right. Jalen Knighton has his own set of issues. Right. Ryan Williams is a three-star guy who also has his own set of issues. Yeah. It kind of seems like Gibbs is, if possible, the most attractive option out right. here. Right. <laughs> Uh, the other guys coming to town, four-star 2020 wide receiver Mookie Cooper is coming here. He's already at yeah. OSU. He's going to gra- graduate early to come yeah. to OSU. So It's just cool with everything that he's gone through, you know, being ineligible uh, for his last year in high school. For him to be on campus just to be around his future teammates and just to start to build that bond and chemistry with Brian Hartline and the other receivers is, I think, is great for Mookie. All right, and then also 2020 wide receiver slash cornerback Caden Saunders is going to be in again. Two weeks in a row for this guy, yeah. so clearly he loved what he saw yeah. last week. Yeah. Or not last week, two weeks ago. Yeah, but uh, Westville South, so it's right up the street. If you're in this town, you know, with the best team in the country, you know, you want to 
get all that in while you can. I think he'll probably. I think down the road he'll be in the fold for Ohio State once everything gets settled out. It's just what position he'll play. Right. Yeah. All right, and. I mean, honestly, that's pretty much going to do it for this edition of the podcast. As you probably noticed, no Jake right. today. Yeah. I, I forgot <laughs> to mention that in the beginning. But, yeah, Jake, unfortunately, was not able to join us. But it was just, you know, me and Ken today. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, once again, thank you guys so much for listening to State Secrets recording on November 9th, 2019. Yeah. We tried to hold it down for you, Jake. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Love. Bye. And that was this week's State Secrets with Patrick Yen, Jake Collar, and Ken James. Tune in next week for even more Ohio State recruiting news.